I'm preaching on uh, hearing the voice of God. I've been preaching on Wednesday night about worship. And then last Sunday we started a series on the voice of God. And I believe we're getting it. I believe we're getting it. I believe we're getting it. I'm seeing some worship. Seem like I'm seeing some folks that are trying to tune in and hear what the Lord has to say. It don't matter if you hear me that much. But if we could hear from heaven, you know, there's help in that, boy, I tell you. And if you know, you know, it's like that saying, if you know, you know. If you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you ought to figure out what I'm talking about. Hearing from heaven. Oh, there's been times I don't know what I've done. I mean, I was at, <laughs> I was at the edge. And just in time, I heard from heaven. If I hadn't heard from heaven when I did, I'm not sure what I've done. I ain't sure I'd have made it. Just in the nick of time, I'd hear from heaven. Keep me going. We've been studying these verses, Hebrews 1. We'll read them again. Verse 1, God, who at sundry times and diverse manners spake in times past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds, who being in the brightness of his glory, and express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. I think that might be the most beautiful verse in the Bible. I'd say it's in the running for most beautiful verse in the Bible. Verse four says, being made so much better than the angels as he hath by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. Let's pray. Father, we've already felt your spirit in this place. We want to thank you for that. Lord, we're so thankful for the Son of God and him giving his life at Calvary for our sins. Lord, we just want to hear from heaven today. I pray, God, that you'd help us to tune in that we could understand more and more the things of God. And we'll thank you for all that you do in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. We saw last week that God has spoken. As a matter of fact, throughout the Old Testament, God went, as we saw last week, to extraordinary lengths to try and communicate with man. But this morning, I want us to think about how that it is that God has spoken to us. 
Verse number two, the Bible said, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his son. Hath in these last days spoken unto us by his son. Now it's hard to see, but you might notice that the word his in that verse is in italics. It indicates to us that the original, when they, when they, when they translated it out of the originals, sometimes the King James translators would add a word so that it would make sense grammatically. So they added and they put those words in italics. It indicates that they added the word his. So literally what you could say about this verse is that in these last days, he has spoken unto us by son. <laughs> Boy, I got to thinking about how that, you might say that you corresponded with someone by email. You might say that you corresponded with someone by letter, by messenger. <laughs> but I'm glad, thank God, in these last days. God has corresponded with us by son. Amen. He has chosen a son. He has a son. The son is God himself. And it's by that son that he has communicated with us in these last days. Let me put it to you this way. The more you know about the Lord Jesus Christ, the more clearly you hear the voice of the Father. Because all of the communications that God does with mankind, He does it by Son. Amen. He communicates with us by His Son. Here is our Bible truth for this morning. The more that you know about Jesus, the more clearly you hear the voice of God. Think about it. I began studying on it this week and boy, it started off this big and got this big and this big and this big and this big and this morning it's this big in my heart. In 1947, a man by the name of Leroy Abernathy wrote the song, I Want to Know More About My Lord. We sing it occasionally here. Used to sing it a lot. I want to know more about my Jesus. I want to know more about my Lord. Can I say to you today that the desire of my heart is stronger this morning than it's ever been to know more about Him. Because I know the more I know about Him, the more I can hear the voice of heaven. The more I know and understand about him, the more I know and understand about what's going on over there. The clearer the voice gets in my heart, the more experimental knowledge I have, the more I can hear heaven's shore. I say to you this morning, I have a desire, a burning desire. I have a want to to know more. I want to hear his voice more completely. I want to commune with him more whole.
holy. I want to be in his presence. Can I ask you this morning, how about you? Last week you gathered around this altar and you said that you wanted to hear the voice of God. This morning I'm going to tell you how that's done. This morning I'm going to show you through the word of God how we can hear God's voice. But let me ask you this morning, Concord Baptist Church, do you have a desire to hear the voice of God? Do you want a better, closer relationship? Do you want a better union? Do you want more communion? I'm telling you, we need to hear the voice of God in our day. We've heard what politicians say. We've heard what the government says. We've heard what the corporate America and media has to say. Now may we tune in to what the God of heaven has to say in our hearts. Can we tune in to what the Lord of Lords has to say unto us? Oh, how we need to hear the voice of heaven. In these verses in Hebrews 1, we see seven outstanding characteristics of Christ. I started on Monday studying this. Start on Monday. Monday morning, I studied through the book of Philippians from my Bible college class. Or I guess Tuesday morning, Tuesday evening, I started in on Sunday morning's prep. And then Wednesday morning, I start on Wednesday night's prep. Thursday morning, I study Hebrews from my Bible college. And then Thursday evening, I dive back into this. And as I dive back into it, Brother Billy, I was going to preach on all seven of these this morning. And uh, God said, you know, it just came to me. There's no way. There's no way. We'll be here three hours. So I scratched my head a little bit, rubbed my eyes. I had a whole outline. And I chunked it. Left it on the cutting room floor. And I took the first little section. Give me verse 3. No, no, stay in verse 2. Whom he hath appointed heirs of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. I preached a little while this morning, and I won't preach long on the authority that Christ has. Now, I've already told you that God speaks by his Son. <laughs> I want you to think about the authority that he has to speak. You see, in order for us to listen to what somebody has to say, they have to have some authority to say it. And so this morning I want to lay out the case for you that the Son of God is the only one that has the authority to speak on God's behalf. Oh my Let's look at why. Why is it that the Son of God has the authority to do the speaking? Well, first I want to point out the phrase, whom he hath appointed heir of all things. Can I say that the Son has the authority to speak because of his position? What do you mean, preacher? Well, God said to him, you are heir of all things. 
That means you have inherited, son, you have inherited it all. <laughs> I got to thinking about Jacob and how he gave Joseph that coat of many colors. What that meant was that Jacob, out of his 12 sons, had chosen Joseph to be the heir of all things. And so when Joseph sent, or when Jacob sent Joseph to check on his brethren, it was as if Jacob himself had went. Because in Jacob's Jacob's absence, uh, Joseph was in charge. Uh, Joseph was the heir. Uh, It was just as though Jacob himself had went. Uh, And so when they took Joseph and cast him in that pit, uh, it was just as if they had taken Jacob and cast Jacob in the pit. Amen. Can I say that when Jesus came on the earth, the Father had invested an inheritance in Him. It was as if God Himself had become flesh. And when when they took and nailed Him to the cross, it was as if they nailed God Himself to the cross because Jesus was God Himself. Amen. And so in Him is the inheritance of all things. He has inherited it all. In Revelation chapter number 5, there's this great scroll that is rolled up. The scroll has on it seven seals. And it's written within and without. That scroll is agreed by most theologians to be the title deed to planet earth. It is the inheritance of it all. It's the title deed to the universe. And they look all across heaven for a man that can unwrap it. They can't find one among the angels. They look upon the earth and they can find no man worthy. John looks at it and he thinks, well, I guess my prophecy's over. I'm going to read in the book of Revelation, not knowing who can hold the title deed of the universe. And he falls to the ground and begins to weep and cry. But then one of the angels said, Weep not. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah hath prevailed. Amen. Open the book and to loose the seals thereof. You see what happens? I'm about to run and shout. In Revelation chapter number 5, God the Father gives God the Son the title deed to the entire universe. Well, no wonder the Bible said in the book of Romans that every knee would bow and every tongue would confess that Jesus is Lord. I'm telling you, the Son is the only one that has the authority to speak in the place of God. He's got the authority to speak cause of his position. But then, notice not only his authority to speak because of his position, but there is the authority to speak because of his production. Look what it said, by him also, by him also he made the worlds. Now, I don't want to dwell on it, but I would point out to you that the Bible said he made worlds long before Galileo had looked through his telescope 
into the atmosphere and said, hey, I believe there's other planets out there. (laughs) God said, I made worlds. (laughs) Over the last few weeks, everybody's been a little bit alien crazy. They're shooting down UFOs. Somebody said, what about the aliens? Well, I can tell you this. If there's another race out there, I know who made them. That's exactly right. If there's aliens out there somewhere, I know who created them. (laughs) Same God made me and you. Because it said that by whom also he made the worlds. (laughs) So his authority comes from his production. When God said, let there be light, he used the voice of Jesus. To speak it into existence. (laughs) I'm talking about his authority. Throughout all times, the power of Christ has been over all the ages in their development. He has seen the everlast bit of it. Uh, He has kept it going. It is his creative power that has caused all the ages of time to come together. I would say the Son has authority to speak in our lives because he made the entire planet. He has authority because of his position and his production. But I want you to notice verse 3. He has an authority to speak because of his possession. Now you want to come back next Sunday because I'm going to deal with that brightness of his glory and express image of his person next Sunday and I already can't wait. But I want to deal with this phrase upholding all things by the word of his power. Oh my. His production. Now we all know, and I just preached on the creative power of God. Say this, chair is creation. God spoke, and it is. But He didn't end there. The Bible says what He created, He's the one that upholds it. So all of creation is on his back. He is the one who upholds that which he created. That is his position. Now, I want you to think about that. I want you to think about the Lord upholding everything. See this pulpit? We know at a molecular level inside this pulpit is neutrons that have electrons circulating a nucleus and that forms an atom and those atoms form the pulpit. We know that from science to be true. But let me ask you something. What is it that keeps the electrons circulating around the neutron or the nucleus? What is it that keeps those elect? I'll tell you what it is. He upholdeth it by the word of his power. He throwed them things in there and he said, now you stay put. 
Here in a few, here in a few weeks, it'll get springtime again and we'll start fighting the gnats. Inside that little bitty gnat is a little heart going bum, 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 and little lungs and a little digestive tract inside a gnat. Who made that? How does that sustain? It's simple. He upholds it by the word of his power. Out yonder are oceans. We've talked about little things. Think about big things. Out yonder are oceans. God made boundaries and has kept them in place. All of these thousands of years, the oceans have stayed exactly where He put them. How is that possible? Because He upholds all things by the word of His power. I'd say He has authority to speak in our life. Now here's the question. This is really why I want to get to preach. How does he do it? How does he speak to us? Notice what the Bible said. By the word of his power. The key to understanding this is in John 1. The Bible said in the beginning was the word. And the Word was God, and the Word was with God, then the Word became flesh and dwelled among men. So how is it that God does 100% of His communication with mankind? He does it through and by the Word of His power. That is the Word of God. It's the Word of God that sustains all things. It's the Word of God that answers all the questions. It's the Word of God that is the voice in our lives. It's the the Word of God through Jesus Christ that God speaks to each and every one of us. It's how we hear the voice of God. It's through the Word of God. Now let's preach along through here just a minute. Over the years, I've seen preachers, independent Baptist preachers, get a little charismatic. And they get up in the pulpit and they say things like, God told me, whatever. God told me eight people on this side was getting saved and six people on this side. God said it. You know what that was? A lie. He said, now wait a minute, preacher. I'm telling you. The only way God speaks is through his son. And his son is the word now let me tell you what we open up if we allow people to stand up and say, God said for me to open this door. God said for me to close this door. God said for me. If we start down that road and there's no standard, then somebody could walk in here and say, hey, God said, God said for the church to give me $10,000. How do we know? Could be. We believed other people when they said God said this and God said that. No, that's the reason there's a standard. That's the reason you can know for 100% sure whether or not God said it, because He wrote it down. Now the Holy Spirit may impress us to do things, but He don't speak to us. He don't talk to us. He don't say things like, go do this, go do that, stand up, sit down. See, that confuses people when other folks stand up and say, God said, and people sitting over there saying, I ain't never heard God say nothing. Hey, the only way you'll hear God say anything, and it really be God, through that Bible. 
I'm just preaching the Bible. The Bible said in these last days, He has spoken unto us, not by His Spirit, but by His Son. And the Son is the Word. I'm going to throw a few things out here, and then I'm going to give an altar call. Some of you, you say, boy, I'd like, an an- I'd, like a- I'd like an answer about something in my life. And you pray it. God, give me the answer. God, show me the answer for this problem. God, show me that. But I'm going to tell you that if you're praying for an answer without reading your Bible, it's the most futile of, uh, of, of attempts on the planet. You'll never hear the voice of God no matter how much you pray if you don't read your Bible. You can pray for an answer. God, give me an answer. If he's going to give you an answer, it'll be through this book. Every time. Every single time. I want to say one more thing. If there's a move of God, let me tell you what it exalts. It exalts the Lord Jesus Christ. His word, in particular, in a real revival, his gospel will be preached. I know everybody's probably seen a lot about this Ashbury revival going on. I got a lot of concerns about it. A lot of concerns. Maybe my greatest concern is they interviewed the student body president eight minutes. I watched the interview. Eight minutes she talked. She gushed and gushed about the Holy Spirit. She mentioned God the Father, but in an eight-minute interview about a revival that's supposed to be changing this nation, she never mentioned the Lord Jesus Christ. Not one time in an eight-minute She didn't say, Jesus is so good. People are getting saved. The gospel is great. Boy, people are coming to the Lord. That's a red flag to me. Because let me tell you what the Holy Spirit does. If he really shows up in revival, he makes people gush, not about himself, but about the Lord Jesus Christ. They can't quit talking about Jesus. Boy, they're bubbling over about Jesus. When that somebody says, tell me, oh, let me tell you about Jesus and his gospel and his, because God has, that's not to say the Holy Spirit is any less than the Son. No, they're co-equal. They're co-eternal. But I'm going to tell you, God has spoken in these days by His Son. And the word that we hear is about the finished work of Calvary. That's how God speaks. You want to hear the Father speak to you? Listen to what the Son has to say in the Word of God. That's how He speaks. People say, I want to hear the voice of God. Can we all agree that in these days we certainly need to hear from heaven. He does that one way. And I'm just Bible preaching this morning. This crowd kills me. You go to giving them Bible and they say, well, you think that God can only work the way you say. No. I think God only works the way he says. Has nothing to do with what I think. I think God only works the way he says in the Bible. So what does it say in the Bible? That's what I'm interested in. What does it say in the Bible? The Bible says he works through the Son. Now, I love the Holy Spirit. We got a, you can't accuse us, we got a sign over our back door saying, Welcome Holy Ghost. I like it when the Holy Spirit gets to moving on people. But what I'm simply saying is this, when the Holy Spirit moves, he brags on the Son. When the Holy Spirit moves, There's preaching on the Gospels. 
When the Holy Spirit moves, the Word of God is emphasized. Not singing, not praying, not running, not shouting. All of those are fine. But when the Holy Spirit moves, the preaching of the gospel is emphasized and the Son is forefront because the Son is who He's speaking through to our age. Am I getting through to you? If you want to hear the voice of God, you've got to get in that Bible and let Him speak to you. I couldn't tell you the times, Brother Billy, I've been on, I've had some, I'm sorry, I've dumped your stuff all over. I've had some uh, questions in life. And it was the kind of questions you would think there was no answer for it in the Bible. The Bible was written 2,000 years ago, and I want to know if I should take this job or not. How can the answer to that be in the Bible? But I'd pray about it and say, Lord, would you help me? And I'd get to reading and praying, and all of a sudden, boom, who knew it? That job's in the Bible. And I can't explain it to you, but God had put a verse, and it might not mean anything to you, but to my heart at that time, it was God speaking directly to me, saying, take the job, or don't take the job. God used a verse to do that. Because that's how He speaks. He don't speak by warm and fuzzy feelings. I'm telling you, I'm preaching this for a reason. I didn't realize the reason until God got me in it. But we live in this time. It's such a weird time. Christianity's in such a, a weird place. I'm talking about the church world as a whole. It's all about warm and fuzzy and how you feel about things. And well, this is just how I feel and everything in my heart, inside my heart. And, uh, it's not the Bible. The problem with it is not the Bible. What I want to hear is what the Bible says to my heart. I want to pray and hear the Word of God. This new brand of woke Christianity. They don't even, they don't even agree with the Bible. That's why they don't read it. Because it says things that they don't like. They look at it and they go, ew, ew. Romans 1, ew. <laughs> ew. What I want to hear is what God has to say. I want to pray and hear the voice of God. And if I'm going to do that, i got to pray and say, Lord, show me right here in the pages of this book. Show me in the pages of this book. The answer's in there. The answer's in there. Let's stand our feet. Father, Lord, I pray today that you've spoke to some hearts. I pray today, Lord, that you've touched our hearts and our lives. I pray, God, across this congregation this morning, Lord, that you would inspire some people to want to hear from heaven and want to hear from your word. And I pray that you'd move us to an altar this morning to commit for just that. We'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Some are already moving. Preacher, I want to hear from his word. I want to hear from him, and I know to do that, i got to hear from the word. I want to hear from heaven in my life. Maybe there's something you're praying about and you need an answer. And you want to come and ask God to help you search the scriptures and find the answer for whatever it is you're facing. You say, preacher, this morning, I just want to hear from the Word of God. I want to hear from the Word of God. 
Oh, God, help us, Lord. I want to hear from heaven.